0: The
1: Youscape Podcast! The
2: Podcast. Hi, it's Rachel Gardner. I'm just calling to bring you the latest episode from the team at Euthscape. And it's me, Rachel Gardner, calling from Preston and tuning in and picking up the phone and joining the conversation from Rogate. We have...
1: Hello, it's me, Martin Saunders. That, that, that's your cue. That's Martin, your cue. Yeah. <laughs> crystal clear audio here i am uh yes hello rachel we we um we decided because because of the kind of um floopy zoom connection that we had we thought we would try Mm. a different method and so today you're on the phone and i am on a zoom call and the the wonders of modern technology that we're all enjoying so much (laughs) right now mean we are stitched and patched together in this rather strange format. so uh let's see how this goes
2: So this is great And and actually We have said Haven't we That you can go back To old school things And phone up young people And that's exactly What I've been doing today And that's exactly What I'm doing now In calling you And and the very first Do you remember Martin The very first episode Of the Youthscape podcast That we released Once we were all being You know New about COVID-19 And and the response Was taking shape uh, A few people said Oh it's so nice Hearing your voices It's like getting a phone call From a friend So lovely Beloved listeners We are calling you it is like we are calling you on your phone to check how you are. And and actually, joking aside, I would love to do that. If you want, if you want me to give you a call and find out how you're doing, and we could like swap tips on how to like do life and do youth work and l- homeschool your kids and all the rest of it, I would I would absolutely love to do. He's not even joking. You're not
1: even joking. No, I'm not.
2: I'm not joking. If, if I'm not joking. joking. I would absolutely do it. So just email us at as we all know, just email anything at usecape.co.uk and it gets in. So so email phone call at usecape.co.uk and we'll give you a ring. And hey anyway, Martin, how how are you on the other end of the line? How is Rygate?
1: Yes, I'm I'm very good, thank you. Can't can't complain. Um, I was a bit miffed that there was um a, a patch of weather today, which meant that uh, we couldn't just go out into the glorious sunshine again. But otherwise i've been operating uh mr saunder's school time um which uh, mm. i'll just kind of tell you what we did today we um we, yeah, watched, we watched um <laughs> yeah, i'm getting very middle aged we watched um crafts on uh, on youtube what? yeah we watched what? We watched this year's Crufts final, and then we did some dog related activities, and we made up a dog assault course for, well, only for cuddly toy dogs, not for my actual dog.
2: Oh, so you just like, it's because as a youth leader, you are so well versed in shoehorning something redemptive out of the most tenuous link that actually that skill comes home to roost home educating your four, four kids and getting something redemptive out of well yeah. done i think yeah. those skills are serving you well
1: yeah and the kingdom of amazing. heaven is, so I is a am, bit like I, I... <laughs>
2: oh no please don't how, how is the kingdom of heaven like i don't this? know i
1: haven't really how got a it? way that the kingdom of heaven is like no. if anyone if anyone can think of a way that the kingdom of heaven is like crafts would you would you please send us a, an email or a tweet uh, and and let us <laughs> let us know you.
2: yeah up. that sounds <laughs> That sounds brilliant. So, so my my day is a little bit like that. So, um, we have team meetings via Zoom at eight am, while also simultaneously feeding children, you know, ramming Weetabix down my son's throat, um, and then we do we start school at nine am, and my daughter's school are on it. Like they know when we've logged on. Like we get oh. these little messages, so they're really on it. It's amazing. Um, and, and so then we, then we do that and and then I, I take a break and, and I have a whistle and I blow the whistle when they're allowed to go outside to play do you know that break today was quite a long time because I just needed to do many other things i had a break and <laughs> they come back in and, um, and 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 then we have lunch and, and there's a bit of screen time and then the afternoon is my time for kind of trying to nail the youth ministry stuff and the food bank stuff and the response and, and, and then I popped to ASDA and that was a weird experience because after doing a phenomenal job of getting us all to stand two meters apart which is a nightmare for me I still have to chance to everybody as I walk past them <laughs> so that that happened and that, that was unreal and I don't know if anybody else it's my one trip out and I spent a very long time looking at katsu curry jar and Chinese curry jar thinking oh I'm here without my kids and I've also left my phone at home and I'm out I'm 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 outside. I'm I'm on my own. I'm like with people. I can't get closer. So I spent a very long time at that point, like standing there by the jars of curry, like, this is great. Like this is my entertainment. I thinking I wonder where I light like in a shop going I, I'm going to prolong this as long as I can before I have to get home so and then as I was about to call you Martin for this call my son decided to open up one of the bean bags and empty the entire contents of tiny polystyrene balls all over my daughter's bedroom floor oh. just as I was about to call
1: you there's a there's probably so, a maths activity uh, for you tomorrow, like counting <laughs> counting all the beanbag beans back into the beanbag. That, yes, that'll probably
2: uh, would, take them an hour. That, yes. Oh, I like that. And maybe they could roll around in honey, and it could stick to them as well. That's a great idea. They could learn that the uh, yeah the the there's a beautiful verse in scripture, isn't there, about and um, the law of the Lord is like honey. But one thought well, I did well, have what? was what? there God, was a beautiful Rachel? verse what? about. Yes, well, if you cover your kids in honey, make them roll around on the floor on polystyrene boards, it sticks to them. So I'm sure I can shoehorn some great truth in there about learning the word of God stick.
1: uh, (laughs) Ah, wow, Rachel. I think we all start to see the side effects of you not being around (laughs) other people.
2: people. Oh loud out to dispel some of this energy. But I, I tell you what it has got me thinking and here we go. I'm going to go in for a serious comment here go on now. Then. Because um so I, I I'm sort of heading up the response from our church and and sort of gathering food in the minster and obviously obeying all the socialization is this journey necessary it's stuff um but I've noticed that I have like so many people want to help out and they want to physically come and I can't they can't come because no one's allowed at the house but I realize that there's two things like the food gathering food for people in need of food is also to the need of giving company to the people that need company but whose time they just have so much time it's it's like a weight and a burden and I, and I think there are two in a way there are people that either have no time now because of just their household setup and the way it's all cool. working for them mm. and there's another group of people that have inordinate amounts of time and it's just like a weight it's like crushing them um, and I think there's have never been in that Quite that extreme in our society before. Of course, I've always seen people that have had more time than they know what to do with. There've always been people that have been too busy for their own good. But never before has there been quite as much of this. Um, And I think that that's that's surely going to have some impact on us, isn't it? Hugely so. So some youth workers have got loads of time, other youth workers have got no time. So that's Mm. interesting in our own community, isn't there a division there?
1: I think it's really interesting. We talked about this a little bit already to think about how the world is going to be different on the other side and what Mm. is going to change long-term because of what we've learned and how we've been forced to adapt and change things. So that goes Mm. from everything from church and youth work to probably like the way we shop and the way we socialize uh, and and probably, I hope – how we take things for granted and how we celebrate together. Yeah. I do think yeah. there'll be a very long period. I honestly think there'll be a long period after this where everybody in the world feels way more grateful for each other. When we're allowed to, mm. you know, go to and have a barbecue with people again, when we're allowed to, mm. you know, hang out with friends at a sport, a sporting event or go to the park together or all that sort of stuff. And the two meter, isolation thing is no more yeah. i think we're going to have yeah. enormous gratitude it's very exciting yeah. you know in my most hopeful moments to imagine yeah. what that's like but um but yeah. I, but i do wonder what we're going to do differently um that, mm. uh, that 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 we've started doing differently or we will start doing differently over the next few weeks that will mm. will continue mm. we'll continue doing differently as a result so one of those things is obviously the online the the, the sort of online church, online youth work thing. I'd be very interested to see Mm. how much of that hangs over into the the world on the other side.
2: Yes, yes. Or whether we'll just be like, great, we don't need this anymore for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting and there probably will be some of us that will say um, I know it's valuable I know there are always going to be some young people for whom this is a brilliant source of contact if their family don't want them to come to church maybe there's a, issues around mobility um, and a whole variety of reasons why online is just so life-bringing but there might be a lot of us that say I, but that's just not where I flourish I, fl- I, I, that's no, that's, I give myself permission not to really want to be doing too much of that I'll make sure there's provision for that but it's okay not to want to have to keep that going and there might be another load of us saying no actually this is my sweet spot actually this is going to be critical moving forward and i guess that mixed economy is important isn't it it's probably quite important we don't do the binaries of um actually this is better than that it's just being able to recognize the unique benefits of face-to-face and the unique benefits of of online And I think Kendra Creasy-Dean's interview, which was just, it was just fantastic. I think she really helped me think about that, actually, that there are, you know, the Holy Spirit can do anything. So let's not for a moment think the Holy Spirit is limited by any of these limitations that we face. Um, But there are some very unique things that happen when we're in each other's physical presence. That that don't happen when we're in each other's online presence. But there might be some things that are enabled, like young people being more honest, actually, or leaning in a bit more. That we are seeing more in the online space than we were experiencing in the physical space. So I think just pay, I think just paying attention, isn't it, being good observers of what this is enabling us, but not losing our ability to do the other. So my I mean. And I know it's just deeply unfair to, to, to say this about a few, 20 people that are queuing up outside Asda are not, you know, I'm not going to conflate this to how every human on the planet is acting. But as I walked past, none of them gave me eye contact and I was smiling at all of them. And then one woman was on her phone, so didn't see the queue was moving. And whereas normally, Martin, what happens if someone in front of you has, you know, not gone straight away when the lights go green or has not moved up? What, what normally oh, happens? The person a, behind is like... It's beeping. <laughs> there's a beeping or the person behind is like you know, there's so much impatience honestly six people I counted and we've got two metres between each one so I'm a long way back not a single person said anything to her and the queue had moved on entirely into after, and she was on her phone so I went hi lovely lady on the phone the queue's moved and I sort of trilled that across the car park basically because not a single person said anything and I really thought not only are they feeling I can't get close physically. But they're also feeling I can't say I can't say anything. It was so strange. It was and I know that it's just twenty people outside are in Preston. But I do wonder whether those of us who, you know, are thinking we need to be able to do this again in the future, we might need to be part of upskilling ourselves again, you know, we need to take the lead of of doing that again, because it might be for some, you know, population they'll, they'll just have a real anxiety about, about going back into that because this has changed them somehow. I just, is that a fair comment, Martin? Is that me being yeah. a bit dramatic?
1: No, I mean that's interesting. I I wonder whether another reading of of that, and I don't, and I wasn't there in the ASDA car park, obviously, but <laughs> no, of um, course you were. <laughs> but, uh, but 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 I know another possible reading is that. Um, People have chilled out a bit and slowed down a bit. Um, I I just wonder. Well, I just wonder, (laughs) because what I've observed locally is... Um, the slight awkwardness of being in the park or um, walking down the street and realizing that moment when you realize that there's not enough space for two people to pass each other with two meters clearance and people at the moment remember we're only in week two but the people at the moment seem to have an awful lot of grace for each other there's a lot of crossing the road there's a lot of waiting and you go first no you go first and I just wonder whether people feel like they have more time um, I, I yeah. think it was really interesting that the book that was going crazy just before this, um, this pandemic hit was John Mark Homer's
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Ruthless of Elimination
1: of Hurry. Um, because yeah. everybody was really feeling that, whereas probably no one needs to read that book anymore um, because, no. because we all have eliminated hurry from our lives. <sighs> and I wonder whether, yeah. whether we could just catch some of that. I just wonder. I'll tell you an interesting conversation my wife and I have been having uh, just over the the last few nights, is, as we've gone, we've maybe uh, you know all decided to go for a walk, um, most evenings yes. together as a family. Yes. I thought, wow, yes. We, we never have time for this. Our kids do so many clubs yeah. and sports and yeah. after school things, and I've got work things, and you've got work things. We never do this, and actually, we've been out over and over again into nature, quality time as a yeah. family, and we've thought, oh, yeah. this is the thing we never make time for and it feels amazing yeah. and so I just wonder whether yeah. whether we will learn some lessons I hope we'll learn some lessons about um slowing down and and not trying to fit in more than it is right for a human to fit into their lives and so uh, I don't know maybe we're reading the same car park very differently I remember I wasn't there
2: yeah, well, I think that's a very fair reading. I think I think I think it is all right, isn't it? This is affecting us all in very different ways. I I think you you've put your finger on something very interesting there that we that we now don't need a book about eliminating hurry because we're in a situation out of our control where that is just all we can do, which is fascinating when you think about some of the big cultural changes if you think about I'm interested in in the feminist movement and the the evolution of women's rights and, and freedoms and in our country, you know, was it Emmeline Pankhurst and the suffragettes or was it that just that happened to be at the same time as all the men had to go off to war and the women had to step into those roles like would the, now I'm, and i 'm not saying it necessarily is binary one or the other it, it just happened that kind of the enlightenment came across the board, and then a horrific global crisis happened that accelerated it, but it is interesting isn 't it to kind of see how these things interestingly hang, hang together and I mean there's been some really interesting and slightly hush hush are we allowed to say it comments about about global you know nobody has talked about the environment since co- this uh, crisis happened mainly because <laughs> we're all in crisis mode we're surviving but interestingly targets might now be met because there's no planes in the air. And it, and I know that conspiracy theories can go run amuck with this, but it is so interesting, Martin, isn't it, that some of the big behavioural shifts that our, that our world have needed have come at times of great global horror. And, I mean, I was just saying to you off air, I'm doing lots of reading at the moment of scripture, really, and of theologians, not, not sociologists yet. But trying to think, like how am I going to, in my mind, allow God to frame this in my mind? Like, what is COVID-19? Is it, is it just one of those awful things that happens in a, in a fallen world? And actually the church simply needs to face it, be loving, compassionate, keep spreading the love of Jesus. Or is there something that we need to learn from this? Or, is you know, I'm always interested to kind of try and understand something. Um, and, and I, yeah, I just think it's very interesting, isn't it? We're living through one of those massive cultural change in the way that we talk about digital technology changing us, but we don't really feel it. Whereas when when people look back and say, Oh, m- grandma did you live through you know 2020 lockdown i'd be like yeah and it did change us (laughs) like i'm now living through something that i can see is changing us in the way that i don't always see that the digital online world has changed me does that Mm. make sense it
1: does yeah it really does and i think but uh, you know i i agree with you what's weird about this is that it's is layered on top of the massive cultural shift we 're already experiencing so we 've got yeah've got two major cultural moments happening like concurrently um, which is uh, you know pretty weird and and probably um, needs a greater mind than than mine to unpick it but um I think there's there's you're right we we're not always aware of how we're being changed by the digital revolution, the communications revolution, because the pace of it, although the pace of it is rapid, it's not, it's not as rapid as this, where we've literally had to flip no. from one way of life to another overnight. Um, but we are being changed sort of simultaneously by two massive cultural changes now, uh, which are both interplaying with each other really interestingly, as, as you see mm-hmm. from the way we've all moved our youth work online. If this had, been, if this had yeah. happened in the 1980s, um youth work would not have been able to i mean what would there's an interesting philosophical question for you yeah. if covid19 had happened when youth ministry first took off in the 80s and 90s and we didn't have the facilities to move online what would we have done conference call youth work <laughs> postcard <laughs> postcard based postcard based yeah. youth work. i don't know but, yes.
2: uh, but why, and, and what, would it have been too fragile? Yeah, it would
1: have died. <laughs> what I love about um, this kind of evolving conversation that we are—we've sort of got into a rhythm now. I think we're we're safe to say that these are going to come out every Tuesday and every Friday uh, for the next few weeks. So that's the new rhythm for the Youthscape podcast. What I like about it is it's um, uh, it's quite it's quite good at taking the temperature of where we are at the, at the Mm. moment we find ourselves in. So I think probably if we went back and listened to the first of these, this is now the fifth of these special podcasts uh, that we've done. If we went and listened back to the first one we did, I think it would feel like a long time ago and like the world Mm. has moved on an awful lot in the two weeks and our thinking and youth ministries thinking has moved on an awful lot in, in two weeks. I wonder Mm. where we might find ourselves in, 10, 12 weeks' time, uh, it's very interesting to think um, how the conversation might have moved on, how some of those things you're starting to raise as we try and understand what this is all about on a grand scale might have moved on. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I and I think that, that phrase, pay attention, is really apt for the youth ministry community. I think... Um, we're all in crisis survival mode, so let's all reflect that and not be too hard on ourselves if we're not being the best social, com- you know, observers at the moment. But but if we are doing any kind of um, contact with young people around youth ministry, even if it's once a week online, if we have any contact, actually, we are we are able to see firsthand and hear firsthand from a vulnerable generation, a fragile generation, how this is impacting them. We might have some living with us under our roof, and I think one of the great things we can can do is pay attention listen to the spirit and also listen to the you know the young people around us are they actually thriving in this what would make them thrive how are they getting on with it what are they missing out on because I think all of this collective wisdom and and insight will really really help us I think as we we move out this time I um, had a bit of an enlightened moment as well reading um, Acts chapter 8 because one of the things that I've been slightly beating myself up with and others out there listening to this might resonate is that I said on an earlier podcast I find it really hard that the best thing I can do is stay at home and do nothing I find I find that really difficult um, and I get it and I'm abiding by it but it, I, I want to talk to people about Jesus I, I, I don't I don't like being at home with this stuff I find it hard um, and I read in Acts chapter 8 that brilliant passage where Saul um, they just stoned Stephen and it says Saul um, affirmed of his death and and was holding um, Stephen's cloak. Do you remember it? And then it says and Saul began to began to destroy the church, um, and he went and got men and women and he dragged them into prison. And then the next section says. Uh, so they scattered and they spread the good news of Jesus. And I, something in me stopped at that point, Marshall. I suddenly thought, what, why did they scatter? They scattered because they were afraid. They scattered because they wanted to protect their children. They wanted to save their lives. Mm. They didn't want to stay and be put in prison. And so although I do look back and say the early church were heroic, and there were so many heroes that did stay, and we, we, we talk about that, like the, the plagues in Alexandria, and it was the Christians that stayed, and they lost their lives tending to the sick. Like that story is so important, and there will be stories of that that come out of this. The, you know, the the, the, the doctors, the nurses, Christian or not, that stay at their post and they will lose their life for it. But the, but the gospel spread across the known world because of the Christians that fled, and and yet they, as they were fearful and ran for their lives. They still talked about the Jesus that had changed their lives and and even like God used that for his glory, and mm. of course he does because he knows us, and he loves us and, yeah. and he knows how frail we are, and he built his church on a on on the rock that is his son, but also that's spoken to Peter who lets him down all the time. And I, mm. there's something, something in me suddenly gave permission to like, yeah, of course, actually, God, you can use me. Whatever my life is looking like right now, you know, the number of polystyrene boards I've got to clear up next. And I don't feel like I'm a frontline youth worker right now. I don't feel like I'm doing very much good. Um, and I feel quite afraid or anxious or uncertain but that's okay actually the church has always grown by people that are a bit fearful just being used by God where they are and that gave me real hope actually real hope so I just thought I'd share like there might be some others out there that just need to hear that that's from great. us twittering on before we get on to our wonderful guest but there we yeah, go that really yeah. blessed
1: me today. That's great, Reg. I'm not going to try and top that. Um, instead, I'm going to introduce uh, today's interview, um, which is with Justin Humphreys, who's a friend of the show. He's been on uh, the podcast before. Uh, he's uh, one of the chief executives of 318, the independent safeguarding charity. And uh, I spoke to him uh, about a resource we've produced together, which you should definitely download. It's free. You can get it from our website. But also just talk to him about some of the safeguarding implications. Uh, as we've talked, Rachel, it's it's not all just about online youth, but some other things to consider as well. So have a listen. This is Justin Humphries. guest today on the Youthscape podcast is Justin Humphreys. He's one of the chief executives of 31.8, which is uh, the UK's only, I think, but definitely best independent Christian safeguarding charity. Uh, Justin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Martin. Great to be back. Yeah, that's right. You're a returning visitor. That's very exciting. It's a prestigious group as well, I should tell you. (laughs) Um, So yeah, how are you
0: doing in uh, this great cultural moment in which we find ourselves? Do you know what? I think um, I'm in the same place as most other people uh, in that I am, what, week two in and still trying to find my feet and um, just kind of finding new challenges every day. So kind of although it's um, scary in many ways, it's exhilarating in other ways. And we're finding all sorts of um, new ways to do old things and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. It's 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 great it's good um despite the scariness of course you far,
1: you um you live down in uh uh the exeter don't you're near exeter I right? do indeed yeah so uh so I, you probably first of all got some nice places you can go for your one walk a day down there um but but also you because your office isn't anywhere near there, you must have had a bit of a head start on video calls and all that sort of thing. Have you got any uh, advice for those of us who are already
0: uh, finding that we hate Zoom calls? <laughs> um, the the only sensible piece of advice that I can really give is just um, don't fall into the trap of thinking just because I'm working from home um, I can... Um, lounge around all day in my pajamas because you never know when someone's going to come on and say hey we need to do a zoom call and you're kind of left there thinking oh my goodness I'm, I'm not appropriately dressed so um always get up get that routine in get your proper clothes on as if you're you know having a proper day um and in all seriousness um Routine, I think, is what, um, what kind of helps most. Um, you know, So whether that routine is different to your usual or, or not, um, a bit of routine always helps. And um, try and keep yeah, these Zoom calls. I mean, we, we, we're doing them um, day in, day out, throughout the day, aren't we? Um, try and keep them as short as you possibly can because it really is um, mind-numbing to stare at a screen for like two hours, isn't it? It is. And I, I tell you what I find as well with it is I, um, it's, I, I feel a huge
1: amount of, of temptation, not that I ever succumb to it, but I, I, a huge sense of temptation because your emails are right there on the same screen uh, and other things are just beeping and notifications are pinging in. It's not like being on the phone where you're not going to put the phone, take the phone away from your ear and start checking different notifications. Because you're staring at a computer screen, I find you often either you get distracted or you are very aware that the person you're talking to has sneakily just checked you know, Twitter or their, uh, or their WhatsApp messages or something. And you, you sort of end up, you find, you find yourself watching people's eyes. I do that on Zoom calls a lot. I think, gosh, what are, you, are you looking at me or are you checking your emails now?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah, of course, as, as we all know, in order to get the um, the best quality um, sound and um, connection, we should have switched off all those other um, all those other windows. Anyway, shouldn't we? So that's right. You know?
1: <laughs> good, good thinking. Very good. Uh, so, uh, so, so, just for those who don't know, I didn't hear the first time. Very quickly, uh, who are what is thirty one eight, Justin?
0: Okay, uh, 318 are, uh, as you were saying at the beginning, uh, independent Christian safeguarding charity. Um, we're a membership organisation. We have something in excess of 10,000 member organisations with us. And our job essentially is to, uh, in a nutshell, um, equip, uh, encourage um, The church to create safer places so whether that be training whether that be consultancy whether that be our helpline whether it be our dbs service we're here to serve the church to um to to make safer places that's right so um we we've actually worked together on a
1: couple of things in the past um justin and so when um when the uh, the situation began to emerge, and we started to realize uh, where we were going to find ourselves uh, and uh, and certainly a lot of youth work immediately started to shift towards online um, very quickly we uh, we started talking didn 't we about uh, what we could do together and so we we created something and it is already not only is it already out it 's already in its second edition uh, because that 's how fast we 're having to innovate at the moment. Do you want to just tell? Uh, tell us a little bit about the Creating Safer Places Online document.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, firstly, um, what a fantastic uh, experience this has been so far. I mean, uh, you know, for, for us to kind of start talking within a matter of a, shoot, a few short days to kind of have the first iteration of this um, guidance up there and available for people, um, just superb. So, um, you know, just in case your listeners didn't know, you skate what a fantastic organization what a great team what a delight to work with you on it um but it, it's kind of it's come together very quickly hasn't it and as you say yeah. um we've had to revise it in the light of changes um in the light of feedback uh, overwhelmingly positive i'm pleased to say and really this was kind of about us thinking well okay if if churches and other groups are making the move to um online platforms as their primary method of communication what are the safeguarding implications of that Um, what do we need to be alert to and aware of um, so that we can hopefully again create those spaces as safe as we possibly can Mm. so we kind of um in that document which has kind of grown oh didn't we start off saying that this was going to be two pages
1: i think the first i think the first conversation we had uh which which feels like a million years ago because i remember i was on the phone to you in my kid's playground and got told off uh for talking to you uh but um but yeah the first conversation we had i believe we said one side of a four That's what people need, is a side of A4. Well,
0: how wrong were we? (laughs) (laughs) So what we've got is 10 pages worth of um, hopefully really helpful information that kind of takes people through something about the opportunities that are created via um, this virtual world that we connect with, um, takes... people through to thinking about, um, some of the particular risks that are there. And I know you and I've talked about um, risk and how we work with that in a youth work context before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then something about the, the good practice tips, you know, so whether we're talking about, um, you know, the need for supervision, the need to make sure that you've got appropriately vetted and checked people, um, you know, involved in this kind of youth work, the record keeping aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we then go through and talk about some of the different platforms that are available and whether it's kind of one-to-one or whether it's group work. So what we've tried to do is create a comprehensive um, picture, right? And uh, then right at the end, we've kind of tried to to make it extremely practical by um, now giving people a a flow chart to think through some of uh, the aspects of this and then what they might need to do if they're concerned
1: yeah that 's fantastic so uh, if you downloaded the first version of this and you 're thinking oh it 's probably not worth getting the second one this is a it 's a massive change so, i 'd say it 's about forty percent new material in in the second edition yeah. uh, and uh, and so the probably the best thing I think in the whole document the most useful thing in the whole document is there 's a really helpful flowchart, uh, very simple to understand, but basically it 's the thing you could you could immediately reference if you had an online safety concern. Uh, if there was an incident and you needed to respond to it, this just takes you through all the different pathways. And uh, as I said, it's it's worth its weight in, in gold. Which I mean, actually, we should say the whole thing is absolutely free. Um, so so why wouldn't you download this? Indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a brilliant document and uh, I'm really proud of it. It's been great to work with you guys as well. And, um, you know, why wouldn't you go to our our website? One of our websites, actually, you can get it from both. I think you can get it from Mm -hmm. 318.org or you can get it from youthscape.co.uk slash coronavirus, uh, which is where all our um, online stuff is. Um, And uh, and you can get a a copy of this now. And I would just recommend everybody gets a copy of this and Mm -hmm. shares it around your team. Um, what what are you kind of like just broadly I guess this um, this world of online youth work are you are you nervous about it do you think oh gosh we this is more this we are going into dangerous territory with young people here or do you uh, more on the side of wow this what an an opportunity what a great new frontier for youth work
0: well you know I think that's a really really interesting question and uh, I, I guess I would say the same now as if you'd asked me that question a year or two ago, uh, and that is that we always have to be mindful, don't we, of both the opportunities and the threats that are presented mm. by any given environment, whether it be um, you know, in, the, in the virtual environment or elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hugely excited about the possibilities um and as with many things as we're um morphing and reshaping the way that we do things we're stumbling across things, saying, thinking why haven't we always done that or mm. actually whatever happens and whenever this this coronavirus pandemic ends we should carry on doing this mm. you know th- th- those sorts of um those sorts of things that are are naturally occurring are are fantastic and they're really energizing but at the same time, um, there is the um, the increasing awareness. Uh, you know, and we we've talked offline about um, Zoom bombing uh, and, and those sorts of things. I know you've done some other some other stuff around that. You know. Where where there is something that's evolving and something that's becoming the norm for people, there will sadly always be those who are out there trying to find ways to exploit that and those that use those opportunities. Mm. So I, I, I think it's just the same message as it always has been, to be honest, mate, and, and that is um, let's hold these things in tension and, mm. and be aware. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, just broadly,
1: we, we, we said... Um, we've said a lot about online youth work, um, but not everybody uh, is going to be accessing youth uh, stuff online. And there's a whole bunch of young people and adults who, um, who don't have access to, um, uh, the technology or the, the right hardware or the right software to be able to access online youth work um in this moment what what do you think what are some of the other things that we should be concerned about when we think about the welfare the safety of young people what are some of the other thoughts beyond online youth work that are on your mind at the moment as we face um this, this pandemic?
0: Well. I think particularly where where children and young people are concerned, one of the things that that we and others are particularly concerned about is that if those children and young people are um, not going to be in school or their normal educational setting for a prolonged period of time, Mm. um, that that in itself means that they are um, out of sight, out of reach, but hopefully not out of mind. Um, And, uh, we know that those sorts of environments are going to create additional um, vulnerabilities and yes. risks for certain young people. Um, so, as, as we've said around the, the whole um, domestic abuse considerations, you know, you, you you hold people for an extended period in a confined space, and the stress levels are undoubtedly at times going to lift. Yes, of course, um, and. When that happens, if there are already vulnerabilities um, and challenges being exp- uh, experienced by um, children in the context of their families, there is every chance that those those. Um, things will be exacerbated by our existing um, measures, so it 's about thinking what ways have we got other than online where we might be able to regularly touch base with those children and young people you know, mm. so sort a of phone call um, you know however often that needs to be just to check in and say you know hey hey johnny hey jenny how are you doing today? how things been going um, anything that we can be praying for you about or or whatever seems appropriate at that time. Mm -hmm. But just kind of that that regular contact, um, because we know that there are going to be some challenges faced here. And I I think it's not just charities such as our our own. Um, But that level of concern runs all the way up to um, to, to government um, who have been talking with us and others already about how how the church might be able to mobilise its uh, its kind of volunteer workforce to try and assist with um, some of these um, emerging threats and challenges. So that's a, that's a biggie. Um, yeah. So th- w- whether the connection is online or, or um, otherwise, provided it's safe, we need to consider all that we can do to stay connected.
1: Yeah. I mean, with... with um, uh one of the things you just said, you started to talk there about uh, phoning young people. Mm. That might be something which, in this this period, we think, are we allowed to do that? Because we don't. I think we've probably, uh, when I was a teenager, you know, we we used to ring each other all the time. We had a phone directory of the whole youth group. It was mm. there was a photocopy of it that you could just get whoever you were. When uh, so now I come to think of that, I'm not sure that was the safest way to operate. Mm. Um, but uh, but now we wouldn't normally think about ringing young people in our our youth group or i certainly wouldn't make a habit of ringing them up but are there circumstances where that's okay to do is it okay to ring up young people
0: well yeah i mean i think what we've got to think about with all these um these different methods of communication is what what's the safest way to do it you know so we're, we're undertaking risk assessments on a case-by-case basis um so as we've said in the um in the guide that we've just produced together. Um, there are a range of things that we need to do. So w- risk assessment would be a place to start, but then also making sure that we've got appropriate consents in place. So um, contacting a young person, perhaps for the first time via their parents or carers, if, if we have those contact details, um, making sure um, wherever possible that actually we're making that contact um, from a a known handset, a known number um, which can be monitored by by others. The possibly that we're even making those calls where they're appropriate with somebody else present in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the sort of the, the normal safer practice measures that we would put in place can be flexed and adapted to these sorts of situations. But I think to to go into things in a gung ho manner and just think, well, actually, you know, all. Um, all 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 safety and protective mechanisms are are off now because we're in a Mm. different world. Well, well, that would be dangerous. And we would not advocate that ever. Yeah. That's a really important thing to
1: say, because I have, I've been in a couple of conversations where I've heard people going in that kind of direction. You know, it's an unprecedented time. Oh, I just said the word. I said the word. (laughs) We said, we said we wouldn't say the word. Okay. But it's, it's a different time. All bets are off. Um, you um you know we've just got we 've got to slightly be quick on our feet here, um, so just to just to reiterate, we just said
0: that 's not okay that 's not okay you know and and yes, these are changing times, and we do have to kind of um, adapt um, quickly, but the last thing we want to be doing, and I think this is one of the the sort of the themes that we we hoped might be communicated through the the, the guide that we put together together um that we, we need to make sure that what we're not unwittingly doing is creating yet more unsafe environments for young people. Mm. Mm. That's right. Yeah.
1: Very good, Justin. Um, just to just as we finish, what what is the um, what is the destination that you'd like to point people to? Because Thirty One Eight is a an absolutely fantastic uh, organisation. We've now been working with them for a few years. I'm excited that we're going to be working together on satellites in the future. I'm just, I'm going to yeah. say that we are going to be yes, working yes. satellites together. Um, and uh, and it, it, you know we love you guys we want to recommend you to everybody listening to this podcast. What is the destination you want to point people to? Is it just your website or a specific place that youth workers should head?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we'd probably um, just point people towards um, generally the website, which is 318.org, so 318, all spelled out, all lowercase. Um, there's sort of a scrolling banner on the homepage, which kind of, might guide you towards different different areas um, one of those is our seven top safeguarding tips for churches but in actual fact you know th- th- those seven top tips uh, apply to any setting that's working with vulnerable groups whether they be young people or or not so um, that one i think is called coronavirus seven top safeguarding tips for churches um, talks about the need to involve safeguarding coordinators in leads. In the decision making, so as we're adapting and we're changing the way that we're doing things, always make sure that you're thinking, okay, what might the safeguarding implications of this change in uh, in methods be? Um, through to uh, things like the, you know, the the record keeping, um, making sure that we are supporting each other in the efforts that we're making. So there's a whole range of stuff there. So you know, just just, just head on over to 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 that page um, and ha- just have a good rummage around because there's loads of great stuff there. Thank you. Hey, Justin, so great to talk to you again. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Fantastic. It's great to speak to you, Martin. You take care.
2: So right that we keep talking about safeguarding. And and it's just great, Martin, isn't it? That very, very quickly, we could work with our good friends and with Justin and just get something that is going to be robust really help many, many of us. I've sent it around actually to loads of churches uh, in the area, whether they have youth work or not, just to keep youth ministry on their radar and just kind of raise awareness with them about how other churches are doing youth ministry in this time. But there's also some other great stuff on our website. Our team at youthscape are working really hard doing live blogs, updates, resources, and some really exciting things. So make sure you check it out. But I'm going to ask you, Martin, is there anything you want to draw our attention to that you're particularly pleased with or proud of, or you wanted to draw attention to
1: yeah i mean there's loads of good stuff on there honestly you should uh, bookmark i don't know if anyone bookmarks things anymore but if you do bookmark things uh the live blog at youthscape.co.uk slash coronavirus is definitely worth heading to uh multiple times every day uh we update it probably four or five times a day at the moment with new stuff so uh, there's a mix of things on there there's some signposting to great stuff that other organizations are doing uh, so you'll find links on there at the moment to things that uh, Limitless and Youth for Christ and Dreaming the Impossible Vineyard and lots of others are doing. Um, also, there's a few kind of blog posts on there, really great bits of thoughtful writing uh, specifically on not just youth work in, uh, in this moment of crisis, but also on how we as youth workers look after ourselves and how we get our heads around what's going on. So those blog posts are going up pretty much every day. Uh, and then also there's some resources. Um, so there's some little resources some just some quick fire ideas, but also um, we've created a new resource uh, which just launched at the end of last week. So I don't know if we even mentioned it on the last podcast, but I'm going to tell I'm going to mention it now anyway, um, called Ooh, together apart. Um, and oh, together... We did
2: mention it, but tell us more, tell us okay. more.
1: So uh, it's called Together Apart which um, as I said last time was a um, was was something I came up with uh, at about one minute's notice <laughs> so that it could be bettered uh, I'm sure um, but uh, but it's uh, essentially a session uh, some session plans for you to run in an online youth work setting so it's not groundbreaking stuff but hopefully it's the resource that people need right now and we are working on um, some other really creative uh, youth work resources that you'll be able to use in this current context. But at the moment, those are coming out one a week, so there's already two up there, um, and uh, there'll be a third one coming out later this week. Uh, I would encourage you to take a look at that, even if you won't use the entire session, if that doesn't work for how you're running your youth work sessions, you might wanna pull some ideas uh, out of there. Um, so all of that is free. Um, we're not charging anybody for any of this, so uh, head to the website, youthscape.co.uk, forward slash coronavirus, and it is a veritable treasure trove of resources.
2: That is so good. And, it's, and I know people are really appreciating having that quite speedy and swiftly updated response. Because I think I, I still feel that things are changing all the time. And we're still in that fairly early stage, aren't we, of just working out where this lands for us. And so this is a great resource, specifically aimed at youth ministry and the work that you are doing. Remember to keep sending... It's great on Twitter and on Facebook just to hear like, what are are you doing? And and, and to hear your excitement actually, like actually more young people connected with me online this week than before. And that was a real blessing. And also your challenges. Like I have a number of young people that don't connect online. So what do I do? So just keep sharing those stories. This is all part of the big picture and all part of us. Being together, apart, being the tribe that is called by God to reach this generation of young people, wherever they are, whatever it costs, wherever it takes us. So that's really, really exciting. Keep connected. So uh, this is done for today. Our next podcast coming out towards the end of the week. Just to give you a little kind of tantalizing little thing, I'm not going to tell you who it is. We're going to be talking more specifically about you as a leader and your well-being. And how you are doing and how you can keep well, keep safe, keep strong mentally, emotionally, spiritually in this time that is challenging, it's different and it is tough. But there are things that we can do that can begin to help us understand how we're responding and so that we are well and that helps us pastor our young people better. So look out for that on Friday. Great. Martin, anything you want to add before you go for your evening walk with the family?
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. I will probably go for my one allowable stroll now. But uh, <laughs> it's been great to be with you, Rachel. We, I tell you what, a little bit of immediate feedback we'd love is uh, is whether you prefer Rachel on the phone or on the Zoom. <laughs> uh, it would be good to know honestly. Is it,
2: is it Zoom, phone, or neither? Neither.
1: Oh no. Yeah,
2: we, shut up. We <laughs> we
1: we where else would we get our fix of stories about you doing weird things in supermarket car parks <laughs> It's all for a course. Bless you guys, we love uh, you. Alright, see you soon. Bye.